This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this session. It's why every podcaster needs a fan page. And uh, in case you don't know, this session is going to be about audience engagement. And uh, really, no talk would, you know, would be good without some audience participation. So there's going to be a little bit of that. But don't worry, it's going to be uh, totally painless. But I think with some audience participation, it's totally up to you. But if you want to get a little closer, it's kind of a small crowd. But if you want to move, feel free to come closer. And I definitely recommend sitting next to somebody because I'm going to you know, get you to talk to somebody. <laughs> All right. So yeah, in the light of that, I'm going to have you first um, turn to a neighbor. And I want you to take a minute um, to answer this one question. So one, one minute each, what's the last podcast you actually recommended to somebody and why? So hopefully you have a neighbor. Introduce yourself, of course. So the exercise is, what's the last podcast you actually recommended to somebody and why? In case you did miss it, introduce yourself. And it might not be your favorite podcast. And I'll give you another minute. All right, hopefully that was a fun exercise, a little bit of audience participation. And does anyone have a good recommendation they want to share? Anybody? Someone must have. All right. I want to make sure you can all hear. And if anyone else wants to comment, I'll bring the mic to you. Um, so I'm Isabel, and um, the, uh, the podcast that I recommended and still do to people is called the Mom Room Podcast. And it is a podcast of a lady who talk, basically, she interviews people, but she also has a solo, so she does two podcasts a week. One is a solo episode, and the other episode, she brings someone on and interviews them. And all the stories that are told pretty much are the authenticity of being a mom unapologetically, and also being the default parent. So everything that goes along with all the great stuff, but she also shares a lot of the 
bad and like real stuff. So like mom truths. So I will always recommend that podcast to a mom because it's entertaining and it's real. So it's relatable for anyone on the mom journey in any age group with any any demographic. Like it doesn't matter if she's a younger mom or an older mom or what stage she's at. She can and will relate. And funny enough, Dee, who I met here, shared a similar concept podcast to me. Nice. <laughs> so we both shared the same kind of con- concept. The story he shared nice. was... Um, and let me ask you, Isabel, thanks for sharing that. Oh, do you remember the, uh, that uh, podcast you're thinking of? What's their primary call to action? Um, I mean, she, she has multiple. So yeah, What's one, one of them at the end of every episode? She has merchandise. Merch. So she sells merch. That's good. Yeah. And I have merch, so thanks for answering that question. <laughs> You're Grab a pot and box t-shirts at the end of this. I have two other ones, too, so there is some prizes for uh, uh, audience participation. So, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about how to get your fans to take some action, right? Because that's what audience engagement is all about. And, um, and just tell you a little bit about myself first. My name is Pat Chung. Uh, I have a podcast called Podcast Growth Hacks. That's relatively new to me. Um, I haven't been a podcaster for a long time, but I've been a podcast fan for a long time. And that's kind of how I came out with, uh, uh, last year we launched Pod Inbox, which is a fan engagement platform. And um, that's pretty much what I'm going to share about today. We basically, in a nutshell, we let uh, podcasters uh, create fan pages for them to engage their fans. And another part of my background is uh, a while back, I've been a startup guy for a long time. And I've been a UX designer for a long time. So I think about the user experience a lot. I've been thinking about it for the past 15 years. So we infuse a lot of these uh, user experience type best practices in our products. Uh, also, I was a VP of product at, at a company called Equal before. It was one of the first uh, social influencer networks um, in LA. And our job was to help celebrities create communities and to monetize their fan base, which is a lot related to what, what we to do today. And uh, I first have to apologize. I'm a little unprepared, so I'm going to be reading a lot. Um, because at first I thought this was startup stage, and I thought I was just going to give a demo of the product. But um, last minute, I created a, a pitch deck. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to be doing this on the slideshow. And yes, this is kind of a commercial, um, because this is startup stage, and I'm kind of here to talk about Pod Inbox a lot. But even though I'm talking about Pod Inbox a lot, I'm still going to be sharing some of the uh, some of the best practices around fan engagement. So hopefully, even if you choose not to use Pod Inbox, uh, hopefully you'll get to know a little bit more. But you'll also get to know some fan engagement best practices. Ready? So uh, in this session, we're going to be talking about why fan, fan pages matter. A lot of you might be wondering what's what is a fan page, right? What does it do? So don't worry, we're going to answer some of those questions. And uh, I'll also share, of course, what are the core features of Pod Inbox fan pages. So, if uh, actually, who here are podcasters? Oh, great. And who here doesn't have a podcast? Okay, industry people, cool. So, yeah, I guess you're at the right place because if you're a podcaster, it's what we encourage you to do to start a fan page so that your fans could go somewhere to take an action. And finally, uh, yeah, I'll share some best practices of how do you engage fans? How do you grow your show by engaging fans? And I've studied uh, you know, quite a bit of podcasts and kind of how they grew their show by uh, engaging fans. So uh, I'll kind of share some of those pra- best practices based on some of the research of those other shows. 
And uh, finally, I was going to do a demo at the end, but I don't think we could actually do a demo. So I have some demo slides on here that we'll have to kind of deal with. But if you want a demo, you could always schedule one with us uh, on our website, podinbox.com. Uh, but I'm happy. I think we're going to save like 10 minutes at the end for some Q&A. And, &A. and uh, if, we, if we finish early, we'll, I'll give you back the time. So without further ado, why do fan pages matter in the first place? And generally, every year when you come to these podcast conferences, uh, you know, a company like Edison Research puts out some research saying one of the two uh, most prominent ways podcasts are discovered or how they grow is through word of mouth, right? That's why we kind of did this exercise. What's the last podcast you recommended? I think probably everyone probably had some kind of an answer. Uh, you know, because we recommend podcasts every day, just like we recommend TV shows, and that's how people discover, right? So, you know, our idea of why we think a fan page is important is that's what helps drive word of mouth. And whenever they kind of do this, like, uh, you know, uh, they present this research, they always say, uh, you know, that, that little uh, math trick, right? They, they say, if you start off with two listeners and you double it, you get what? You get four, right? And what happens if you do that 20 times? Does anyone know the number? Yeah, that's a lot, right? It's like over half a million. So it makes it sound really tangible, right? You get your listeners to tell a friend, and then you, know, you keep on doubling it. And you only do that 20 times, and you get half a million. But I'm kind of here, here to kind of say that that's not really how it works. Um, usually, it's about 10% of your audience that actually does any kind of activity like spread your show. Those, quote unquote, are called super fans. Those are your super spreaders. So, you know, it's our job to find out who that 10% is uh, of your audience. Uh, because uh, the beauty of the, that equation, it's, it's not as you know, pretty as the, the, the doubling math equation, but uh, those, that 10% of uh, your super fans they're not just going to tell one person. They're going to sell, tell their whole network, right? And I've done this before. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, my favorite shows I spread on my social uh, accounts, and I'll tell like 20 friends. So it's actually, you know, you get 10% of your uh, audience or super fans telling, um, you know, 20 or you know, 40 or 100 of, of their sphere of influence. So that's kind of more the idea of, you know, what what, what we're trying to do as podcasters. And um, you know, one of the ways, one of the things we teach a lot is you get a fan page to find that super fan, because you know, you know, your passive listeners, you're not just going to find them if you do nothing. You have to have a call to action, and you have to find that super fan. The person that's taking an action is the one that's most likely to be spreading your show. Make sense? So yeah, unfortunately, there's no magic button, or there's no. Uh, you know, money we could buy to, you know, kind of activate uh, this word of mouth phenomenon that happens. Um, yeah, it's just doing a lot of fan service, having great content, and getting your fans super hyped so that they're compelled to recommend your show. So hopefully, you know, whatever show that you, you were thinking about, maybe the reason why you thought about it and recommended it is there's something about the show that you were really hyped about that you actually wanted to tell someone else about. Um, so the second, there's five why fan, fan pages matter uh, type points that we'll uh, kind of dive into. So one is growing word of mouth. The second is monetization, right? So surprise, mo you know, podcasters love money, right? <laughs> like we, who here monetizes their podcast, by the way? Yeah, good amount. Do you do, uh, yeah, do you do subscriptions or 
Yeah, what kind of Patreon? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so yeah, we, we believe uh, uh, you know uh, fan patronage is a big uh, source of uh, monetization, right? If if you're not for actually usually for the long tail of podcasters that don't maybe have enough audience or even if they have a lot of audience, uh, paid ads isn't for everyone, right? Uh, sponsorships aren't for everyone. So we we teach a lot about fan patronage. So a lot of people are using Patreon, and we'll kind of go over some of the ways why we're a little bit competitive to Patreon, but how we're a little bit different as well. So um, we think fan engagement is pretty important, whether you directly monetize from them or indirectly monetize from them. And what I mean by direct and indirect is direct is if you are collecting things like fan donations, tips, memberships, uh, you know, paid subscriptions to your podcast, to private podcasts, or coaching and courses. Those are all what we call direct uh, monetization. And getting the fan engaged, taking, getting them to take that first step into from being a passive listener to being an active listener, we think is kind of super important because uh, you know, most fans are passive, and if you're going to get them, convert them from being a passive listener to a paid participant, that takes a little bit of fan action, right? So, and we think fan engagement is even important for indirect monetization. Um, and I'll kind of give a little bit of an anecdote. Um, I, I mean, you, I don't think you hear a lot of, of this here because every, you know, all, all the sponsorship talks are kind of based off of CPM, right? Like, we, we probably heard that a lot during this conference. But uh, when I was VP of product at Equal, uh, where we had the social influencer platform, uh, you know, we we're one of the first social influencer agencies. We work with uh, some of the first social influencers. We work with a lot of celebrities. And we weren't just selling their, uh, and we created properties for them, right? We created websites for them. So I've been thinking about this. And we created communities for them so that they could uh, partner with brands and uh, monetize their fan base, right? So I've been, you know, thinking about this for many years of my life. And um, you know what the brands were excited about. They weren't just excited about uh, the the um, you know in our world the download count. In the world we were playing before was uh, page views, right? We had uh, so we represented. You know, w one of our clients was Bella Thorne. Uh, has anyone heard of her? She's kind of a big influencer, uh, but she has a raving fan base, and she had millions of views. But brands weren't really that um, excited about the page views. They were excited about every blog post that we wrote for her uh, had hundreds of comments, <laughs> right? So that's what, fan, that's what brands were excited about. They were excited about the engagement. So, you know, you kind of have to think about that if, if you're doing uh, sponsorships at all. It's not just selling the download count, especially for niche podcasts where they don't have a lot of download count, where the revenue stream doesn't really make sense, you know, based off of the current CPM rates, like $25 a CPM, you, you know, you might not make a lot of money from it. But if you say $25 and I'm bundling in all this engagement, you know, whether, however you're engaging with them uh, on the side, on social or anything, that becomes a big part of the equation when selling to brands. So the third point of why fan pages matter is your fans are lazy cats, right? <laughs> they are very passive. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows, but there's uh, this internet cr rule called the 1990, 1990% rule, which really stands for 90% uh, of, of anyone who participates in the internet are, are passive. They're completely just consumers. 
Like they don't actually produce anything. They don't participate. So the one in the 1990 stands for uh, the creators. So if you are a podcast creator, you're part of the 1%. <laughs> so congratulations. But uh, the other, I don't know if that's, <laughs> maybe that's not a good thing to say, but you are part of the 1% of creators at least. But uh, so it's our job to find out who this other 9% is, right? And we've seen it go as far, uh, go much above 9%. So if you're actively getting your fans to actively engage and participate, you know, our job is to, con you know, convert your lazy cats who just want to consume, just want the most people are pretty happy just listening to a podcast. Uh, they'll never go to your website or anything. Uh, but our job is to find who are who is this 10% that could potentially be my super fans. Let's get their email addresses. Let's get them activated so they could do other things, right? So uh, that's what we're trying to do with our fan pages. We make it super easy. And don't worry, I'm going to get to the fan page stuff. But I, I want to go over uh, the next point you might be thinking is how is a fan page any different from a podcast website, right? Who here has a podcast, a dedicated podcast website for their podcast? Kind of almost all of us. The other people, you guys don't have a podcast website? So this is a kind of interesting graphic. And it's not just a, this slide is not just a graphic. It's actually the truth. Like when you go look at some of these really big uh, podcasts, I think, do you all recognize some of these podcasts on here? Yeah, they're all kind of like the top podcasts, right? Well, surprise, a lot of them don't have a dedicated podcast website. I don't know. Is that a surprise at all to anybody? Because that's kind of a surprise to me. Um, and, it, you know, the interesting thing about this is I think they already know. Your existing audience, they already know where to go get the podcast. And they don't use a dedicated website to actually engage. Because uh, being a UX designer for a long time, Podcast websites are primarily designed for consumption. Like when, whenever you go to a podcast website, you see a lot of content, right? You see blog posts, you see episodes, and it's all kind of for SEO. So because these big podcasts, they know that you know existing fans aren't really going to go there to engage, they just have kind of like a subpage under their main network to give more SEO juice to the main network, really, right? Because their, their fans are already on the podcast players listening to their shows. So, you know, how we're different is, um, you know, podcast web websites, first of all, another thing is they're way too customized, right? Being a UX designer for a long time and designing products for uh, my past, uh, the, the company Equal for Celebrity Pages, you know, we, one of the core findings is we found that custom websites, you know, for the first at least six minutes, uh, a, a visitor to the website is just trying to figure out what's going on, right? You could even think of your own website. They're trying to figure out, what do I do here? Like, am I supposed to press the play button on this thing? Like, getting someone to take an action on your podcast website is very hard because, you know, they should be, you know, it takes them five minutes to figure out what's going on. It probably should have took four, right? Or it should, probably should have took two. So it's like taking five minutes too long uh, for them to figure out what's going on. So the sort of the advantage of something like a Patreon or, or a fan page is the actions are very clear. 
and they're very consistent from page to page. So you'll kind of see this in, in our fan pages too, is we don't allow for a lot of customization and that's for a purpose. If your goal is to get your fan to take an action, then you kind of want a consistent experience. That's why, you know, Twitter and Facebook, you know, those are very highly used things because people know exactly what to, to do when they get there. When they get to your podcast website, if you're trying to use your podcast website to get them to take an action, well, you know, if you're kind of like looking at your bounce rates, they're probably going to be pretty high. They're probably going to like play an episode and they're going to bounce because they might not know what to do there. Or they might not know what you want them to do. They might be doing other stuff, but if you're trying to get them to like, let's say, give a donation or leave an audio message, two of our core features, they, that, your podcast website might not be the best place to do that. Um, and sort of uh, the last slide on why fan pages matter is own your audience, right? So some of you might be thinking, who, who here is pretty active on social for their, uh, to promote their website? Yeah, so a lot of us are like, okay, I'm already doing audience engagement on social. Why do I need some other place to do audience engagements? Well, I mean, first I'll say kudos. I, I think social is healthy and good. It, it helps grow your show for sure. But, you know, I, I'm not gonna belabor this point too much, but, you know, on social, you really don't own your audience at all, right? I think we all know this uh, by now. You're just kind of borrowing some of their attention from, um, you know, and you're kind of, a, you know, beholden to their algorithm, right? If they change their algorithm uh, just even slightly a bit, like I don't know if everyone, uh, anyone's following kind of like the recent hubbub uh, about Instagram, right? A lot of photographers invested a lot of time on Instagram where they would post a beautiful photo and they would get, you know, thousand, you know, likes or something. And now, or, or a thousand comments even, and now it's kind of dwindled down to maybe like 200. And you know, you know, the photographers on Instagram are getting pretty miffed about it, right? And they're kind of trying to find another platform because now Instagram is featuring video, and not all photographers are video, right? So when you leverage a social uh, a social network a little too much for your fan engagement, it's a little dangerous because you're yeah you're you don't really own your audience. So that's why. On a, on a fan page, you know, one of the things we teach a lot is the first thing you want to do is try to figure out a way to get your audience's email address. And that, that was kind of one of our core features that we thought about from day one of creating Pod Inbox. Um, that every time a user takes an action on a Pod Inbox fan page, and we have a lot of actions that I'll kind of go through, we capture that email for you. We capture the contact info for you in a convenient contact list. And we even integrate with like uh, your email service provider. Like we integrated with one right now, it's MailChimp. So you could easily just kind of route all of the contacts that we capture on MailChimp. It's kind of a part of our core philosophy is we're not trying to be a platform that owns your audience. We're trying to just help you build your audience as a podcasting best practice. So, um, so that leads me to, you know, talking about my features a little bit. What is a Pod Inbox fan page? And this is kind of a screenshot. Um, and once again, I can't do a full demo, but I'll kind of go through some of the core features. Um, and if you sign up for a Pod Inbox page, you'll get something like this. And this is uh, with all the features turned on. So if it looks a little overwhelming, don't worry. You don't have to have all the features. We make it pretty easy to set up. It only takes about a couple minutes. And, um, and we even make it free. 
because we just want it to be painless, not just for the fan, but for you. Uh, we have a free tier. It's called our hobby tier. And, um, you know, we just wanted to take away the barrier for you to try it. And uh, you could use it for as long as you like. There's no time limit to the free tier. And, um, and of course, there's a pro tier that's $9 a month that uh, even, even cheaper if you do it annually. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's optional, and that gives you a little bit more pro, pro features. And, you know, one of the things we wanted to do when designing this product is to make it super simple. Once again, I'm going to say that word simple a lot in how we think about what the fan should do. Like, their actions should be really easy. Not, not a lot of barriers for them to get activated. And I'm also going to say this other word a lot. We want to make it fun because, um, you know, some of the other platforms maybe feel a little bit transactional. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't want to disparage any of the other patronage type of uh, uh, sort of platforms, but, you know, we, we don't think, you know, fan support should be something too transactional, right? Like, it should be something fun, so we kind of gamify our experience a lot, which I kind of go through, you know, with features like our leaderboard and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, let, yeah, let me dive into some of the core features. So, um, these are sort of our core features, and it's kind of just a summary of them, because we have more. Uh, we have fan messages. I don't know if uh, any, any, and I'll kind of dive down, I'll take a deeper dive in each one, but I'll just kind of give an overview. We have fan messages, fan donations, leaderboard, reward levels, chat room. By the way, chat room is probably why I seem a little bit sleepy <laughs> right now, because we just launched chat room on Monday, and uh, we kind of had a race to the finish a little bit. So that's a brand new feature that we're really excited about. And uh, email capture. That's something I just talked about, right? So let's dive into the first uh, uh, feature, fan messages. We actually launched with this uh, feature because, um, and this is kind of how the whole idea started, uh, to be honest, is I, I'm a fan of a couple podcasts, and uh, I noticed they were playing uh, audience Q&A in their episodes, which is something we teach, great practice. But their call to action was email us the audio file. <laughs> Right, so I kind of rolled my eyes too, and another one was like call this 800 number, which is reasonable, but not as fun as our, our, ours. And you know, you get the radio uh, sort, or you, or you get the phone type of audio quality, which isn't good. So we're like, you know, I think I think we could do a little bit better than this, right? <laughs> like it could be a little bit more intuitive, a little bit more fun, a little bit more interactive. So that's the first feature we uh, launched with uh, last year. And as you can tell, we're building pretty fast because you know, now we have a suite of features and that's kind of the direction we're going. We're gonna get more and more of these fan, uh, fan type features that you know, e every feature we build, we look through it through the lens of, is this something that'll entice a fan to take some kind of an action? Hopefully it is. And is it fun, right? We wanna kind of keep it fun and simple. So every feature we think of, we think of those two things. So um, this is kind of my pseudo demo here. This is our fan page. And right here in front is, um, is our audio, uh, audio capture tool, right? So uh, you could, it says ask me anything, but you could customize it to whatever you want. Uh, and even we have the little welcome video there right in the inbox. These are what we call inboxes. You could have as many inboxes as you want. Uh, on your fan page. 
Uh, so if you have more, you could scroll to the other ones. So some shows are like, ask me a question or leave me a message, right? So they have multiple prompts that they want the fan to, uh, to, to, to participate in. So, uh, and I love the, you know, it, you know just to let you get, get in my mind a little bit, I love even just the simplicity of having a welcome video, right? Because a lot of times, you know, that's, that's, you know, the downfall of, you know, things like uh, voicemail or email, like no one's coaching them what to do, right? The fan comes to your page, you have no idea what's going on. So we have a primary welcome video that's really useful. And also for each inbox, you can upload a welcome video just to kind of say, hey, I'd love to hear from you. Because you know, if you write it, that's one thing. But if they're hearing you, the voice that they're used to hearing, uh, you know, tell, you know, ask for an audio message, they're probably more you know, compelled to leave one, right? So we think that's really neat. And all they have to do is press the button and it starts recording. They could choose their mic and all that stuff for the best audio. And we make it simple. And I don't know if you noticed below, but that's something you can't do with obviously email or voicemail is uh, by default, we have all the messages public, which is kind of neat because that gives social proof, right? That's another one of these like user experience design mechanisms that when a fan comes to the page, they have no idea what kind of message to leave and they're not maybe inspired to do anything. So when they see some examples of other fans leaving messages, probably one of the first things they're gonna do is press play, right? They're gonna be like, what, what, what other fans you know, left messages and what, what are they doing? And the, you know, the moment they hear some other messages, they're gonna probably be compelled to uh, leave their own message. Um, and I, I won't go into the finer points. Once again, if you ever need a demo, feel free to go to podinbox.com and schedule, schedule for a demo. But there's like fun things like, I don't know if you see the dollar sign on, on each uh, message, but that's a message tip. And, uh, and the reply button is, you know, if the podcaster wants to leave a reply, that's something pretty neat too. Right? Um, so the other core feature, and I'll, I'm just gonna go through six core features. It's fan donations, right? Uh, this is kind of where we're a little bit like an uh, alternative option to maybe Patreon. Um, but, you know, one of the things that fans love to do is actually show their support by giving monetary do donations. So whether, you know, a lot of times we teach like uh, podcasters, some podcasters like, I don't want to monetize based off of uh, handouts or donations. But, you know, we always kind of say, you know, that's just one way to get your fan to participate because sometimes they just want to they want to support they want to donate so giving a donation option we think is a, a really good way to engage your fans and um you know things like patreon so you said you you, you run a patreon yeah are, is everyone else very familiar with patreon and i won't talk about them too much because i don't want to say anything bad but a lot of people don't know they're they're only uh the only way a fan could participate in a Patreon is through a monthly membership, right? Is that, that that's correct, right? They, they don't allow flat, uh, flat fee type donations, which, you know, might be limiting some, some of your fans from participating in that way. And we think, you know, that might be a lost opportunity to understand who those super fans are, right? The, the super fans that just want to do one-time donations. That's a very important segment of your audience, we think. So it's not to disparage um, monthly because we also have a monthly option for something too. Like the, 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 the chat room that we just launched, you could have it a private chat room that, that's based off of monthly subscription too. So I don't want to say anything bad about money monthly, but giving a flat fee option is also very important. 
Um, Yeah, so the next feature is reward levels. Uh, and this is kind of a way we kind of gamify fan support is uh, letting them unlock reward levels. Like we've all played games before and you know when you level up you unlock rewards. So this is a way for you to customize different things you could give them, you could reward them for. And I guess I should go a little bit faster. Um, and yeah, we make it very simple. Oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't reward levels. That's just our, our flat fee donations. So we make it very easy for them uh, to, yeah, yeah, to give their flat fee donations. So the next thing uh, we have is leaderboard. So this is where we start gamifying it, right? We have a leaderboard that, you know, we think it's a pretty good best practice to um, uh, sort of give some, you know, give some recognition back to your top fans. So that's something a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, other patronage type of platforms don't have. They don't have, they don't give back to the people who are actually supporting you. And we think a leaderboard is a pretty good mechanism to that because if, if, if a fan is constantly, consistently supporting you, we think, you know, uh, giving them a way to, uh, you know, acknowledge who they are is kind of cool. So, you know, we have a leaderboard and every fan has like a fan profile. So it's, you know, some people want, you know, just a little bit of kudos, and that's kind of a way we, we, we do that. And I went through reward levels uh, already, so I won't go through that too much longer. Um, and chat room, this is the thing we just um, uh, launched. And uh, yeah, we make it really easy just to enable a chat room on your fan page. So you're, if you're already driving people to your fan page, you can turn on a chat room, and you can have a simple chat. And one way I like to describe this chat is it's a lot like um, the YouTube live chat. It's a very simple chat. And once again, we do it because it's a low barrier to entry. Uh, like we, don't, we didn't want to reproduce Discord or Slack because that's, it's very cumbersome, right? You, you try to get someone to join your Slack, they're like, you know, they hem in the hall, right? They don't really want to do it because, you know, it's kind of like a distraction. So we love this chat room idea. It's a simple chat room just to spur discussion. And we're going to make this more powerful, but not as powerful as Discord probably. And lastly, email capture. You know, once again, I went through, you know, I went through the benefits of this already, but this is, this is a dashboard, right? This is a pod inbox dashboard uh, that, that you have insights to. Um, and yeah, we, we capture all your contacts for you. You can download it in a CSV, upload it to your email service provider, whatever you're using. Or if you click on the integrations tab, that's where you can integrate it with uh, your email service provider. And so every contact that's captured gets directly shot to your um, uh, email service provider. Um, so the last section, just five more slides, is uh, this is <laughs> the person I call Pat, the podcast growth pirate. And no relation to me, but uh, don't let his uh, looks deceive you, but he's, uh, he really knows a lot about growth. And uh, his favorite word, a pirate's favorite word is R. <laughs> right? So a um, little cheesy, but that's like my little mnemonic of how I teach uh, uh, you know, growth through fan engagement a lot. And I kind of borrowed this from startup world. Uh, in startups, we have kind of a growth uh, you know, mnemonic called R2, but this is a mnemonic for uh, podcasters. And the A stands for first activate. So, and in each slide, I'm gonna, you know, you know, don't take it from me, I'm gonna, you know, present a prominent podcaster that really, you know, exemplifies this letter too. So activate, 
I don't know if you know this guy, who knows Pat Flynn? prolific podcaster, we probably all heard of him. But he created, he, he wrote a whole book called Superfans. I really recommend it. It's the, the whole concept about Superfans, actually maybe you don't have to read it because I'll just summarize it for you. Activate your fans, <laughs> right? Find out who your Superfans are because those are very important to the growth of your podcast. So you gotta first activate them though, right? So, um, so convert passive listeners into active fans with tangible call to actions. And I'll forego our uh, little exercise, but think about a call to action for your show. The second uh, letter is recognize, or sometimes I say recognize, reply, and respond. And this is really acknowledging your fan when they do take an action. And uh, I, you know, I love this guy, I love his podcast, Huberman, has anyone heard of this guy? So he was at the last podcast movement uh, in LA and I got to meet him. I had like a fanboy moment for myself because I love his podcast. And um, when he was on stage, he said he reads like, so I don't know if he actually does this, I can't vouch for it, but he said he reads every YouTube comment, which is crazy because he gets hundreds to thousands. And, um, and I had a chance to talk to him for, briefly uh, uh, for like 10 minutes, which was more than I thought. And, and I tweeted at him after the show, just not thinking I'd get a reply or anything, but he actually replied. And to my shame, it was like, uh, you know, my most um, liked tweet I've ever tweeted. I got 400 likes, you know, based on him replying. And, you know, guess what I did? I told 20 people, <laughs> like, you gotta listen to this podcast because I became super hyped. So you gotta recognize when your fan takes an action, remember to work that in your workflow. You gotta recognize them. So reinforce, uh, this is one of my favorite comedy podcasts called Tiger Belly. This comedian, I think it's hilarious, his name is Bobby Lee. But he, in, in this step, you wanna demonstrate in public that your fans' actions have a positive result, right? So what he does is fans write in to ask their life question, and he'll actually feature it on the episode. But not only does he feature on an episode, because a lot of podcasters, I think this is where they go wrong, they'll have a call to action, but they won't reinforce that there's actually a positive reaction. So what he does is he gets his famous comedian guest too to give what he calls unhelpful advice as part of his uh, podcast segment, which I think is brilliant because if I was a fan and like Bobby Lee and like let's say Bill Burr, <laughs> you know, answered my life question, I would think that's hilarious and I'd share it with a hundred of my friends, not only 20, right? So reinforce when your fans take action. And finally, this is not really uh, a step, but at the end of the day, you reap the referrals. And um, you know, this is a podcast I've, uh, you know, I, I love finance, personal finance stuff. And uh, I have a lot of my friends, uh, you know, I've recommended a lot of my friends this podcast. And there's nothing to do other than, if you've done all the steps, you know, I kind of went through, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully you should be reaping a lot of word of mouth referrals. And, uh, and I believe this is how The Ramsey Show got to where it is now. I don't know if you guys are familiar with The Ramsey Show, but I think it's probably a top four or five podcast. At least top 10, I think. So I don't know the exact numbers, but last I checked, it was like top four, five. And, um, and his whole show, if you've never heard it before, it's, it's a call-in show where callers call in uh, to, to ask their like, very embarrassing personal finance questions. And I think this is how he grew to where he is today, is just kind of paying that fan service, getting the fans super hyped, so they kind of spread the show. Anyway, that is it. Uh, promise I'd leave some time for Q&A if anyone has any. Okay, great. We have time for a couple questions. Anybody 
have a question they want to ask? If not, I will go first. Oh, sure, we'll get you first. Yeah. Uh, for Pod Inbox, is it just, is it plug into your current website? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a little bit like, I mean, I'll use the Patreon model. I, I feel bad. I'm using their name so much. <laughs> but it's like podinbox.com slash whatever, whatever custom sub, sub URL you want to use. So it's under podinbox.com slash something else. So it's like Twitter, you know, you have your Twitter handle, you have your pod inbox handle. And then is it a monthly subscription, obviously? Or you say you had a free version and then a paid version, correct? Yeah, the paid version is $9 a month for monthly, and annually it's even less. I think it's like 7 seven something. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Yeah. But the free version, okay. quite honestly, gets you a lot. Uh, almost all our core features. Hey there. Um, do you have any of your clients that are just taking their regular .com and just pointing it straight to their fan page? Yeah, that's a good question, because uh, uh, just to... Uh, yeah, yes, they do. Uh, but more so their subdomain. So they might say, um, you know, Q&A dot, you know, something dot com. So they'll just point that subdomain right over. Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, I've got another question. Um, so when someone leaves a voicemail, mm -hmm. right, and we'd like to use it, mm -hmm. do we need to deal with a material release? How do we... Sort of get that integration. Yeah, that's a good question. So every user, every fan, the, the way we collect the contact info is they do have to have an account. So that's the maybe the one small barrier. But they record their voicemail and all that stuff before they have to sign up for anything. So they, they record it, they hear it, and the last step is to create an account. And in their terms of service that if you're interacting with the fan page, they're handing over the release uh, right. uh, of that. Yeah, okay. so hopefully you don't have Recovered to worry about that. There. Yeah, we okay. covered that. Yeah. Good. What, what kind of actions do you gamify? If we, do we what? Do you gamify within the application? Yeah, that's a good question. Right now, the only action is monetary support. So the leaderboard is completely based off of the total donations. Uh, but you could turn off like showing publicly what people are donating. Um, but yeah, we, we gamify that on the leaderboard. Are you considering gamifying leaving voicemails and other? That's a good question. Yeah. You know, and maybe activity in the chat room yeah. or you know filling out the profile, just you know just to get them a, a real full rich profile. Yeah. You know, just a couple points or whatever. Have you thought about doing anything like that? Yeah, definitely thinking about that. Yeah, it's kind of on the roadmap. That would be powerful for. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. That's great feedback. Okay, good. Well, oh, one more. Do I have oh, time for oh, one? Oh, we haven't. We do have time for one more. Maybe we can one squeeze more. one in. So I'm still confused how to in like my podcasts are on several different things: YouTube, Rumble, all different, and also I I I have them on my website. So how do you integrate this either with your website and with your YouTube channel? so people can find it. How do you do the integration? Um, it's kind of, so you would send them to your pod inbox page. So if you're on YouTube, you know, there's always like, do you have like a call to action at the end of your shows? That's, or in the show notes, a lot of people put the link to the pod inbox page in the show notes. Just in your show notes. So you can't do, can you do that then from your website if it's WordPress? 
can you have a link that's going to just link? You click on the link and yeah, it'll direct Yeah, a lot them? of people put uh, like the like whatever the call to action. If if it's like send me a donation or leave me a message, a lot of people put it on their main nav, uh, the main menu of of their website if they're using their website. And not to belabor it, but we have this other core feature called widgets that you could embed into your WordPress website. We even have a WordPress plugin that you could, yeah. And then the last question is, do you have, what's one of your best, um, like, who we could check out that you think is crushing it using Pod Inbox? That's a good question. I think at this conference, I, um, I've been talking about, like, so Buzz, uh, Buzzsprout, well, what have, show? What show? Yeah, they have a really show called Podcasting Q and A. They're, they're using it to intake their Q and A. We think that's kind of like an independent creator, though, not like a corporation that's using it. Um, anyone here using it? Are you? Are you using not yet. When did you start? When did you launch this? Oh, we launched a year ago. Like ten. Oh, so like a new. good Good Morning podcasters use it. I, I don't know if you know. He, he's an independent podcaster, a buddy of mine. I just want to see an example. Yeah, Good Morning podcasters. You could. Also go to podinbox.com slash podcast. I'm just spinning mine up. I just spin, spun up my podcast, so I'm using it for mine too. We're kind of dog fooding it as well. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. We are at time, everyone. So Pat, thank you for sharing oh, you. everything Thanks, we need to know about Pod Inbox. Thanks, Isabel.